Welcome to the Hangout Live with your boy DMAC. And yeah, we're coming to you an hour later than normal as we're trying to give ourselves the best shot at talking to Nate and Chad today. And I do have something funny from this morning where Scott DeHuff was a special guest star, which I appreciate. And we're here to chat with you about whatever you want as we go into the weekend. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. I see Chip Kelly is leaving uh, UCLA to be the OC at Ohio State. Good for him. Uh, We can get an update on all the news going on while we await Nate and Chad one way or the other. I think Chad was doing some TV stuff, so we'll catch up with him in just a bit. But he is in Vegas. And um, I'm back here. But I'm doing something tomorrow that I haven't done all year, which is crazy, considering how much I love skiing. And um, it was just the, the life was 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 tricky this year, but I have a chance to hook up with a high school friend, the lead singer of my high school band, one of my best friends, Jamie Tedford, whose son goes to DU and he is coming out to uh, hang out with his son and his son's friends and probably pay the bill and uh, go skiing at Winter Park for the weekend. So I could not go there today. I have a... Um, job but i'm looking forward to getting up for my first time skiing this year crazy right and uh i'm pumped to uh go skiing tomorrow be back in time after a full day to watch the avs and the panthers we can get into that (sighs) misery with the avalanche that's not great um so anyways i'm looking forward to going skiing at winter park and then of course watching the super bowl my incredible wife spent today shopping for Super Bowl food and it's just the two of us but she's so awesome so me and my wife and the cats and she's got like special uh, uh plates and uh set up so looking forward to hanging out and, and and doing that she's the absolute best and as we progress through life and prepare to sell our home um nobody is working harder to get that done than than the lovely Kim McKee. So I'm very proud and love her very much. Okay. In terms of news that's going on while we wait for, um, wait for Nate and Chad. I'm just trying to see things here. Oh, okay. Well, we had a little bit of an issue, huh? I, I did not know that there was a, a fire alarm that was pulled. Huh? Well, look at this. Seven minutes before George Kittle's 6, 10 a.m. alarm went off, he and the rest of the 49ers teammates were jarred awake by something else, the fire alarm at their team's hotel on the outskirts of Vegas. Well, I don't know if that's a big deal or not. Um, I hear him. I think he's there. I'll get him going. Yeah. He's like, hey, Chad, here we go. Chad Brown. Is- Chad yes. Brown. Yeah. Where are you, Chad? I am at the theater at the Venetian. Uh, my wife just walked in the off the field wives fashion show. So uh, this <laughs> That's is how awesome. I join you here in the uh, upper seats of the theater. How much time do I have you for? Oh, we got about the, you know, they're trying to kick me out. So we don't have too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me just toss it to you then as, as long as I've got you. What's, What's going on? What's the vibe of Vegas? Um, your night last night, your day today. What's what's good, Chad? 
Man, Vegas, uh, the difference between uh, Thursday and Friday has been amazing. The amount of okay. people here, the traffic, uh, the, uh, the surcharge. Every cab ride comes with an automatic $10 surcharge oh my before God. you even go anywhere. So it's a minimum $5 charge, which automatically happens. Then mm -hmm. before you go one block, it's $15. So oh Vegas is making money hand over fist. There's people everywhere. It's a banana situation. Uh, last night uh, was uh, an awesome sushi dinner, but then also was the, the uh, Legends Lounge done by the NFL, where a lot of players get a chance to hang out. So there's parties and all that. I think uh, probably Nate would be better to talk about the parties. I sat out the parties last night and sat around the Legends Lounge and caught up with old friends and swapped stories and told lies. What is the, the biggest thing that's going on um, with you and your friends as, as you're in your 50s now and your friends are probably somewhere around that? What's what's the most common bond that you have? Uh, at some point in every conversation, uh, if you haven't seen somebody since last Super Bowl, how's your body feeling, man? Mm. <laughs> Tell me about your aches and pains. Um, you know, obviously we catch up on life and kids and all that situation. But related to football, uh, which it always comes back to football, uh, how's your body feeling? And then how soft today's game is. Most guys are literally disgusted with how soft the game is. And everybody could play 20 years because of the soft schedule and only 14 padded practices all year long. Yeah, there's guys, somebody said last night he could play 25 years. I was like, come on, man, pump your brakes. But yeah, that's the general consensus. The game is soft and it's hard for guys in my era to watch it. Is it because of what you have to live with physically and perhaps you didn't have the financial benefit of these guys or um, or is it because the game just doesn't look right to y'all? I think it's it's less about the money um, and it's more about the, it's just not the same game that we played. And they say, well, these players today, there's no way they could play today's game. I'm like, well, you know, they, they only know what they know. So we can't blame mm. them. This is the structure. This is how how it works we're trying to make a little comfortable a little timmy can play football so we've changed the game we've changed the practice schedule uh we, we've changed the way the game is officiated the, the, the surfaces the equipment we changed all those things so we can't be mad at these players i right. think we should be happy that they get to have less pain than we do now i would love right. some of the money right. they got but i but i think we should be happy that these guys won't be as banged up as we are it's a football convention as well as preparations for the game. In fact, more and more, I think, I frankly, I think it is more of a convention than than the game, um, <laughs> because it's a it's a check on football itself. So, in your opinion, the state of the game is what? Are you getting kicked out right now? I'm being kicked out of this theater, but I'll find a quiet spot here. Here we go. Yep, I'm already okay. found a quiet spot. We're good to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the state of the game, um, it's more popular than ever. So yes. while guys of yes. my era may push back, may have issues, we just found a whole new audience for the game. The whole Taylor Swift thing brings in girls. I had a 20-minute conversation with a former mm. player last night who wrote a book called Stilettos in Football that explains mm. the game to women, and whether they're a mom and her son's playing Pop Warner, or they're a Taylor mm. Swift fan, and they want to figure out what Travis Kelsey is doing. So the game is more mm. popular than ever. So are we supposed I, – I, this is what I asked those former players. Are we supposed to be mad that these guys mm. make money and the game's more popular than ever and we get a chance to come to Super Bowl and in some ways enjoy the fruits of what they have put out for us? They stand on our shoulders, but here we are 
making, you know, having a great time and having free drinks and free food at the Legend Lounge because these players make so much money. The Legends can do this for us. So is it old guys bitching, Chad, or is there is there a point, or do you just sort of bite your tongue on some of this? Because obviously, you know, if somebody's having these complaints, there it is a very get off my lawn sort of moment. I mean, you can't argue the game makes more money than ever. There's more viewership than ever. Injuries are actually down. And so while I mean, I get it, you know, we talked to TJ Ward on the radio show and he said, well, I never tackled like that. I never used the crown of my helmet to hit somebody. He actually got a little defensive, like, hey, man, like Kareem Jackson needed to just figure it out. You know, like he actually said there is a way to play the game the right way. Um, so I wonder how much is part of that. Like, is it just get off my lawn or or are we missing something? I mean, I guess if we're missing something, no, it ain't going back, though, Chad. It isn't. So perhaps it's just a check of where you are in your life, depending on the degree that you complain about things that you can't change and won't change. As I reminded my, my, my former teammates last night, fellas. We only played in four preseason games. The generation right. before us, they played in six. Right. So they, right. they said how soft we were. Right. Um, you know, you, you couple that with uh, the, you know, the, the contract I got. And these old guys are like, I can't believe someone thinks Chad Brown's worth that kind of money. It's just how the game works. It evolves. It's, there's more money for the next generation. There's more safety protocols. There's more... Uh, restrictions on pattern practices and all those things. This is just how the game evolves and works. So, yeah, it is a, very much for me a get-off-my-lawn moment. Um, and it's just unfortunate that these former teammates of mine can only complain without gaining some perspective on where things are. Chad, um, and I'll, I'll let you go, man. You're so great to, to be part of this. And, uh, you, you know, you got a lot of things going on. Tell me about the rest of your nights and what you're looking forward to. And, and maybe tell me one guy you've run into who you hadn't seen in a long time. And you're just like, whoa, how's that dude? Or, or maybe you didn't recognize him at all and it turned out to be somebody. I just uh, had a 20-minute conversation with Eddie George. Um, Eddie, Eddie George, George went back right. and... Eddie George uh, went back and got the job at Tennessee State. Wait, I and, thought Eddie George. I'm not joking about this. I thought he was an act. I thought he was an actor or something. He was doing some theater stuff. He was. He was, he was doing play on. His, he's married to one of these singers in SWV who performed here at the uh, fashion show. But Eddie George is a oh, coach wow. at Tennessee State, and we were we were talking about you know the this upcoming season and how he thinks it's going to go. And he's like, dude, I had to change everything. We were doing all this RPO spread stuff. Mm. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. You're Eddie George. You guys didn't <laughs> run downhill and run over people? He's like, no, I came in and the personnel wasn't right, so I had to do this. And I had Hugh Jackson, the former NFL offensive coordinator, head coach with the Cleveland Browns. And Hugh had all this offense already built up, so I let him do it. But this year, we're going downhill. We're putting a fullback on the field. And it's third and two, we run the ball, and we're knocking people's teeth out. I'm like, yes, football has to be played in the mindset of the head coach. This is how mm. it works. Otherwise, you're not being authentic with the players in the room, and they can see through that. He was like, dude, you're speaking my language. I was like, yes, this is how it has to be. So Tennessee State will now be a physical football team that will run the ball downhill because Eddie George finally gets to put his imprint on, the, on that football team. So that was maybe the biggest conversation. The, the first football mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, you're breaking up a little bit, but boy, I, I really appreciate the time, Chad. I will let you go. Watch out for uh, Prime. Deion Sanders is there, as is Sean Payton. I knew they'd be there. I don't know. Oh, yep. you know, Jordan Seaton is there, too, the new offense, the high school kid. There's a kid walking Radio Row who literally should be in high school right now in February, but he graduated early to be. But he's literally a high school kid, and he's making the rounds at Radio Row. How about that? Why don't you block one college defender before you come to Radio Row? Can we have a, a rule for the future, please? Please? He's a high school kid. He literally okay. is a high school kid. He hasn't had his high school graduation yet, and he's walking around. I'm yeah. sure he made more money than I did already this year. So, okay, good for him. Hey, have a wonderful time. I'm sure your wife looked absolutely beautiful, and uh, what a fun night for, for the Browns. Have a great, great night, and let's talk on Monday when we'll be talking about who is the Super Bowl champion on Monday when we're talking. Who's the Super Bowl champ? It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs repeat, back-to-back, -back, baby. All right, Chad. I love you, pal. I'll talk to you later. See you, buddy. My guy, Bye. Chad Brown. He's the best. How great was that? How great was that? Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, this sounds like classic Denver drive time. Hey, man. Um, listen, you know, uh, it, one of the cool things about technology and what we do is talking to Tyler and Scott every day is so much fun. Oh, my God. It's such a blast. Uh, my relationships with Chad and Nate are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and we even had Scott to Huff. Did you catch this moment from earlier today? If you didn't, let me bring it to you. And I'm, I'm maybe we can get um, Nate. But Nate said he was on the golf course. But it's been bitterly cold there. So I don't know how much fun golf is. But this is from earlier today. Scott to Huff about Nate Jackson. I start the, started off and I'm like, I'm going to have you guys guess who this is. And while I was trying to process what it was, and then I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I am such a just a horrible person right now. And I'm like sitting there thinking, never told them that I forgot. You're going to spill the beans, I'm sure. Oh, oh, oh yes. You are. 530 today on this network. That will absolutely come out. And likely I will play him this clip. Um, so, so that'll <laughs> Nate's, a, Nate's a wonderful guy and I just don't understand why my brain did that and I'm like sitting there going I'm like staring at him I'm like running through names just random names I was like no it's not that it's no. not Carl it's not Todd no. Sam no kind of looks like a Sam maybe but no and then all of a sudden I'm like it's Nate Jackson <laughs> oh jeez all right, that was a fun moment with Scott DeHuff, and hopefully we'll hear from Nate. If not, that's fine. Um, and this is a great opportunity. Thank you so much for watching, hanging out with me on a Friday night. We are doing this an hour later. Now we will have five to go. Join me at the five-minute mark of the Nuggets-Kings game, and you know, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, but if you want to see more with myself and DeHuff, it's up and down the channel. I hope that you can find, I know some people are watching on Facebook or Twitter, but we do have on the YouTube channel, playlists, videos, live broadcasts, and we are on Spotify and Apple. If you want to follow us there, liking and subscribing helps the channel quite a bit as we just sort of sort out exactly who we are and what we're doing. 
And um, we're getting there. They actually had a pretty cool development that I got to take care of after the show tonight. But we are getting there. Um, super cool, Chad, coming through. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Another hefty season ticket price increase after another failed season. Thought the Walmart way was to sell low merchandise for cheap prices, not low quality merchandise for really high prices. Kevin, my friends, you can be angry and you can be upset, but this is the nature of the National Football League. Popularity is through the roof. And if you want to be upset with owners, I, I hope you're ready to be upset at all the owners because this is just the way it goes. I'm sorry, Kevin. It's the way it goes. And there are other improvements that are happening to the facility. And I'll, I'll, give, I'll go with you on this, Kevin. I'll go with this on this. When it comes to tickets and uh, affordability, what you really want to hope for is a new stadium. Because what's happening in, in a lot of new stadiums is they're more like plaza levels where it would be more like standing room. And, and the amount of seats is tending to go down, but the flexibility and areas to watch the game is actually increased. So, and, and it becomes a little bit more affordable because the ritzy places become even more ritzy and, you know, more through the moon. So that comes with a new stadium. But if you don't, if you're not into it, Kevin, I get you. I get your frustration. I do. I understand it. It's another sub-500 season. It's another year missing the playoffs. That's why we hope that, you know, the Broncos can just get things together. And does it seem like a million years ago, or does it seem like yesterday that the Broncos were winning Super Bowl 50? That's a question for you to answer. And I think um, every different person in the audience would have a different answer. Uh, it's been fun to watch. Appreciate Steve. Right on. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Huff videos so far are awesome. He's got such a great personality. So funny. Can't wait for more. Good suggestion. I'd be fine with that. We'll see if Scott wants to uh, do more stuff. Mary Jane should be fun. Oh, Lori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. Uh, I haven't skied all year, but you want you want to throw me right out on the bumps right off the bat. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for killing my knees and my pride. Appreciate that. Thank you. You can laugh. I know. Um, in terms of other stuff going on, um, yeah, I think in terms of Sean Payton on Radio Row, he was on with Kay Adams. He was on Mad Dog Radio, which is on uh, Sirius XM. And he was saying some interesting things. Things that I don't just quite buy are Sean Payton saying, and I, I, I'm not anti-Sean Payton whatsoever. Um, and actually, actually, Sean did say something, maybe I should start with, that I, I completely agree with. I said it on here. I said it on the radio. And that's, there was some really very, very careless reporting that the Broncos were engaged in um, actively trying to move up. 
Now, can logic tell you the Broncos may want to move up? Yeah, yeah, I, I can do that for you. I have been doing that. I've been talking about trading Patrick Sertan and possibly moving up for more than a year. But that's my opinion, and that is a strategy that you can use. That is just so wildly different than actual news. So what what bugs me is when logical speculation about possibilities turns into fact or suspected fact. And you sitting around with your buddies collectively speculating doesn't make something factual. And Sean Payton did point that out, and he was right to point that out. And there's no indication whatsoever what makes sense as logical speculation is based on any fact whatsoever. And Sean Payton actually pointed that out, and he was right to point that out. The fact that that speculation was taken as some sort of fact and reported as a story was embarrassing. Embarrassing. And Payton pointed that out, too. So, um, please... When you hear about stories and you see who's reporting stuff, do me a favor. Just take into account who it is doing the reporting and where it's coming from, okay? And we'd be better off as a society if we just took a little bit more care. And it's I, I do get offended by it because while I blur the lines between entertainment and reporting often, um, I have tremendous respect for real reporters and real reporting it's hard to do it takes a lot of work to do it the right way whether it's in sports or news or whatever so when i see it done poorly i get bothered by it and in terms of what i do i i try as hard as i can to make it crystal clear be thing between things that i think that are my opinion and things that I know that are to be fact that are stories. Um, And there's a lot of work that goes into that. And you know what, in fairness, it should take a lot of work, even to form an opinion. You shouldn't just be hearing opinions based on loose lips and speculation. It should be some element of boots on the ground. If you have the access to do it, not everybody has the access to do it. And I understand that that could be, an issue and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but where's your opinion coming from? And and if you do have access to it, why aren't you using that access? Now, if everything's just a goof and you're just, you know, you know, Bobo the clown and, you know, okay, you know, whatever, but don't purport to be something that you're not. Don't purport to be an insider or some sort of person that, is sort of posing as something that's just not credible. Um, Unless, unless, unless you are seriously willing to do that work. And, and I know why people don't do it because it's, it's damn hard to do. And the amount of times that you can get beaten to a story or whatever. And another thing too, is, is there is something to be said that something does go your way and you do your job I think there's something to be said for being satisfied with simply doing your job and not looking for a cookie or a big, huge pat on the back because why you did your job. 
I mean, come on, man. Congratulations. You, you did your job. So now, oh, now what? Oh, man, I mean, really? Let's have a parade for you. It's because I know real reporters who break real stories and they just know that's what they do. They're competitive. They want to do it, but they don't sit there and grandstand all the time. Anyways, get off my lawn. All right. Uh, let's see here. I would prefer help in the trenches over quarterback if one of the top three don't fall. Hmm. You can't choose when you suck. If you don't have a quarterback, you have to get one. You should move up. And there can be more than one. It doesn't have to just be one guy. You can get a hamburger at McDonald's. You can get a hamburger at Burger King. Wendy's is across the street, too. Now, maybe maybe you like McDonald's a little bit, but Burger King's all right. Maybe even Wendy's. They're square, aren't they, those hamburgers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just say DMAC said, well, thank you, Jason. Man, I try to make it clear with what I think and what I know. What I think and what I know. What I think is the best way to acquire quarterback is to move up to get the quarterback. What I think as well as I'm not a scout or a personnel sort of guy. What I think based on the results of a lot of other teams is once you make that commitment, you need to be all in. In the NFL honors, Lamar Jackson won the MVP, deservedly so. He got 49 out of 50 votes and I'm just going to assume the, the one vote that went towards Josh Allen is some dude that lives in his mom's basement in Cheektowaga, New York. I just like saying Cheektowaga. It's just a it's a fun town near Buffalo to say. Cheektowaga, Skajakwita, Grand Island, Tonawanda, North Tonawanda, Hamburg, Orchard Park. I could keep going. But that award is a quarterback award. It will always be a quarterback award. It is practically impossible to win that award if you're not a quarterback. Christian McCaffrey came in third, but he also won Offensive Player of the Year. Well, last time I checked, quarterback's an offensive player too. So they've clearly separated things. The Offensive Player of the Year can go to anybody on offense except for alignment. <laughs> the MVP is a quarterback because things have become so insanely disproportionate that only a quarterback could win the award. Having Chad on was absolutely fantastic. What a thrill to have Chad on. So cool. But what Chad was saying is the league's changed. And, and while his friends... Back in my day, back in their day, you probably could get a quarterback in a variety of rounds and have just as good of a chance. And if you want to say, hey, Brock Purdy, look at that. Well, I'd say, yeah, okay, fine. So draft two quarterbacks. I, 
I don't care. That's fine by me. It's a quarterback room that matters. You're going to sit at 12 and, and just be okay, or God forbid, trade back and then take what falls to you, or move up into the 20s where every team that needs a quarterback has passed and you think Paxton Lynch is your guy? Okay. Well, Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers in the 20s. Yeah, 20, 30 years ago. Jordan Love. If Jordan Love works out, the Green Bay Packers are the luckiest damn organization of all time. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't know. He looks okay, but I think that's an insane strategy to wait for three years, draft a guy in the twenties. I mean, if you're got, if you've got, if you got a spot in the twenties, you're a playoff team. Why the fuck don't you have a quarterback? Well, I mean, what happened to you? Where did you go wrong as an organization that you're a playoff team now with no quarterback? I mean, who does that happen to, Broncos? Hmm. Well, that can be a problem, I suppose. I see Sean Payton talk, and I want to like the guy. I think I kind of like the guy, but he's slim, Shawnee. Yep, he's slim, Shawnee. It's just, just, you know, there's always a little something going on. To think that he has some sort of like good relationship with Russ is, I, I mean, it's preposterous. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think he's got a great relationship with Russ. But okay, you got a great relationship with Russ. To say like, hey, we're going to start on Monday looking at things. Okay. To say, well, Russ will be the first to know, and you know he'll, he'll know sooner than later. Well, I mean, that is the same thing you said at the end of the season. You're going to take a week off and come back. Well, what happened to that? Frankly, why are you even bumping around doing interviews on Radio Row anyway? Why? I don't know. Got me. You make like $18 million a year. I mean... Nah, but it's fun though, isn't it? Getting it. I'm telling you. He's a good coach. I think he knows what he's doing. We're about to find out, man. We're we're fixing to find out what's real. We are. And we're fixing to find out what's real in a very tight financial situation. One of my favorite movies is Moneyball. In fact, I was just watching. I've watched it maybe 50 times. Love the movie Moneyball. Maybe one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie of all time. Probably my favorite sports movie of all time. Because the complexities and layers to it, there's good comedy, great acting. It's about a sport I love, and it's based in a significant amount of reality. And welcome to the, the Moneyball of football with the Denver Broncos. We are here. What's the question? The question is now, and the Broncos are the Oakland A's. Of course, there's a salary cap, and everybody has to play by the same rules financially, unlike baseball, which has basically ruined baseball. There's like 10 teams that have a shot in a year, and that's it. Okay. It's more, baseball is more like college football. I mean, really, seriously, who, who is competing for a national championship year out, uh, year in, year out in college football. Is is it really more than 15 teams in a given year? Is it? 
I doubt it. I, I doubt you're going to see a team, aside from the, the, the 15 teams that you can think of off the top of your head, you know, the Ohio States, Michigan, and Penn States, Notre Dame's perhaps, USC, uh, and your SEC schools, Georgia, and Alabama, and such. But, but that's basically it. Well, in the Moneyball world, you're playing a different game. The Broncos this year are playing a different game. They are. So they got to think differently. And the money ball approach to things isn't replacing players. It's producing points to get wins. So how do you produce the most points and prevent the other team from scoring points. This is the equivalent of Moneyball where the whole point in replacing Jason Giambi with Jeremy Giambi, Scott Hattieberg, was to actually replicate that production in the aggregate. So the best way to do that, y'all, is take the quarterback in the first round. It's the cheapest way to go and build everything around him. So to a certain degree, as long as that dude can sort of stand on his feet and have a brain in his head, the bargain that you get health-wise, age-wise, and money-wise with the first-round quarterback is unlike any other position you can possibly be in. So maybe it's not the perfect guy score points in the aggregate and don't turn points down. That's why Dan Campbell to me is just a bad strategic coach. He may be great in the culture, but boy, oh boy, did he just do such a disservice to all those amazing lions fans, players, people in the front office, because he just did not understand the basic concept of game management. If I was an owner and I was giving Greg Penner some advice, it, it would be make sure your coaches analytically understand what the hell they are doing because you can't piss games away and you can't piss points away. This is probably why the Chiefs are going to win because the Lions were idiots. And they had the Niners. They had them. It was over and you pissed it away you had multiple times first of all you did lead by three scores and you had a chance to lead by a third score in the second half and then a chance to tie the game and you pissed it away and the broncos were terrible in a lot of red zone scoring situations so if you want the broncos to be better You've got to build it the right way. And you don't build the team and then insert the quarterback. You do it the other way around. You find the great lead singer and some other schmuck can figure out the drums. So my best friend, Jamie Tedford, is here in town. He's skiing with his son at Winter Park. <laughs> Jamie was the most important person in our band. Now, did Jamie play any instruments? No. 
Did Jamie write? We had original songs in high school. I did like a whole album the summer between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college. Did a whole like, did like eight, nine songs. My guitar player was Ken Moore. And our bass player was Melissa Farrick. Melissa Farrick has made her living. Look her up. Google her. Melissa Farrick was our bass player. She has made a career in music, writing and recording music. Go look her up, Melissa Farrick. I should bring her on the podcast sometime. Kenny Moore was a great basketball player and a tremendous songwriter and guitar player. I played drums, but I also wrote songs because I played piano. And uh, I was really into this one girl, and I ended up, uh, I wrote 172 songs about that. It works, Taylor. I got it. So there's a professional musician, Melissa, and there's a songwriter in Kenny and myself as well. We weren't the most important person in our band. You know who was? Jamie. <laughs> Jamie had a lot of courage. And you want to, Jamie was extremely good looking. And he worked hard to be a good singer. So here we are, me and Kenny and Melissa, and we're practicing and rehearsing and taking lessons and doing all that sort of stuff. And here comes Jamie and he shows up and he just, you know, he's a good looking dude who's got enough courage to sing on the stage. And that takes a lot of courage. And so we go to play like the junior high school dance. And I want to tell you, you want to talk about fun. Everybody should be in a boy band at least once. <laughs> and, uh, we were, I think, juniors, basically juniors, juniors and seniors in high school. Played for a couple of years there. Exit, like fuck it, but X dash it was the name of our band. Got up on that stage and we're playing like "Hold On Loosely" and "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" and "Imagine" by John Lennon. I don't know stuff like that. And, and the crowd went wild. And it was mostly, you know, 7th, 8th grade girls screaming. I mean, really seriously, loud screaming. And I'm sitting behind that drum set. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is great. Look at, they love our band. They love what we're doing. They love Jamie. <laughs> they didn't love our band. I mean, the band was probably okay. It kept them going a little bit. They could dance around. They love Jamie, rightfully so. So while, um, and we played other high school dances and uh, events and parties and, and everybody always loved Jamie, rightfully so. And then in front of an audience at high school graduation, when it wasn't stock full of, um, you know, seventh and eighth grade girls. I mean, this is in front of like a thousand people, packed, graduation. I wrote a song called Goodbye 87, and this is an audience paying attention. And you know what? As it turns out, Jamie could really sing. Along with another Jamie, um, a female Jamie, Jamie Howarth, uh, they sang my song, Goodbye 87, at the high school graduation. And then when I looked out into the crowd and I saw tears in people's eyes, well, that was for that song. But that song only existed in reality because Jamie sung it. And he developed that confidence and that skill. And even though you may start off a little bit raw, repetition, 
practice, experience, confidence. And all of a sudden, you're not just placating some middle school teenage hormones. You are truly performing. Truly performing. And in that moment, that moment, Jamie earned the right to claim that he was the most important member of that band, and he was. Definitely. So I am grateful because I couldn't do it. But we worked around the most important person, which was our lead singer. And I'll be eternally grateful for Jamie. So I'll remind him of that when I'm kicking his ass on the slopes tomorrow. Because he may be better looking than me. But I live in Colorado. Draft a quarterback. Simple as that. Join you with five to go. The Kings and the Nuggets a little bit later tonight. Have a great night. We'll talk to you in a couple hours.